Hello there, you're listening to the Watson's Daily um, Podcast with me, Peter Watson, on Monday the 23rd of January. Today, I am joined by Yasmin Husseini, who is a Watson's Daily Ambassador. Hey there, Yasmin, how are you doing today? I'm good, Peter. How about you? Yeah, very good, thank you. Uh, all, all refreshed after after last week's uh, podcast. Uh, so um, what have you got for the listeners today? Right. So today I'm going to be talking about Tesla. Brilliant. Um, so the latest news is that they are cutting some of their car prices by mm-hmm. almost 20% in the US and between 10 to 13% in the UK. Yep. So I thought it was a very interesting story because of the repercussion that this move is going to have not only on the EV market, but on the car market as a whole. Yeah. So the initial reasons for this move are not really clear. It could be as a result of falling demand. It could be to squeeze competitors or it could be to lower prices enough, mm-hmm. to qualify many of those models for the uh, tax credit in the U.S., Mm-hmm. So I think we mentioned the uh, Inflation Reduction Act many times on the podcast, but it's basically a federal climate package mm-hmm. pa- w- which passed last year's last year, and some buyers of Tesla's bestseller, which is the Model Y and the Model Three, will be now eligible for a subsidy on the cars, and the subsidy is up to seven thousand five hundred. So to give an example of the price cuts. The Model Y was used to be a base of $66,000 and is now $53,000. And the Model 3 used to be $63,000 and is now $53,000. Like, <laughs> yeah, a mouthful. You're getting mixed up on the currency there. Carry on. But this is like an insane price cut. Yeah, yeah. And any car that is $55,000 and below is eligible for this uh, you know, mm. subsidy. So this is giving Tesla huge pricing power. Um, also, what is clear is that those lower tes- Tesla prices are undercutting some of competitors' EV, mm-hmm. just as they try to convince automakers that they are a viable Tesla alternative. Mm. So basically, for example, if you take um, General Motors Cadillac Lyric, the started price is $10,000 more than the Model Y. So the car mm-hmm. starts now at 63000 mm-hmm. And if I'm going to be eligible for the subsidy, as well as, you know, Tesla's reputation and that whole, like, movement of, like, it, it's just trendy, a trendy car right now. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to choose this. Like, this is going to make me rethink my options. Mm-hmm. So these price reduction will likely pressure those car companies to further reduce their EV prices and that could lead to a price war. I mm. mean, this is great for the planet and this is great for consumers, not so great for car companies. Mm. They're already operating on like razor thin margins. This, as well as the rising price of batteries, is going to be hard to dethrone Tesla. And mm. Tesla has 65% of the EV market share. So it's going to be quite hard. So as well as those consequences, you can see applications for financing of Tesla vehicles, which tripled. And this is uh, the um, numbers of Tenet, which is like a startup firm that provides financing for buyers. And dealers who are selling uh, used Teslas are are saying that valuations fell by several thousands of dollars and price of 2020 models are now 25% less from their peak. 
So this is really impacting way more than just like the EV model, EV car like industry. It is just car worldwide. Mm. So what do you think of this, Peter? Yeah, I mean, I I think if I was a uh, existing Tesla owner, or particularly if I'd ordered a Tesla in December last year, I would be massively annoyed yeah. by this. And, you know, I really feel like with cars, because I, I do take, I mean, maybe I'm weird, um, but I mean, I do take things quite personally with cars. And I feel like if you have a bad experience, it really annoys it it annoys you intensely because you as you're sitting you know as you're sitting in the in the traffic jam as you are in that you know long um drive uh you know on the motorway in the rain you know you you can mull over these things um and i just think that to do this to their customers i think is really bad mm-hmm. you know it's very bad customer service and and it, at the, as things stand at the moment, it sounds like they're not really, they're just going to, you know, they're just going to style it out and they're just going to mm-hmm. say, oh, well, never mind, you know, um, and just to hope that people don't hate them. Mm. Um, also, but... because, yeah, they did specify that anyone that even bought it a week before um, all those price cuts are not going to get any compensation. Mm. Uh, you can't return it and get, you know, your $7,000, $8,000 back. Mm. Um and that's going to be really bad if you want to resell your car. Like you're going to be losing yeah. a lot because, you know, you leave, I think you leave from the shop and it loses like maybe 15% of its value. Mm, that's mm. what um, I think is appro- approximately. So yeah. this coupled with the fact that, you know, if you want to sell it back and literally buying it brand new is more, is, mm. is cheaper than uh, what you're offering. Mm. It's going to decrease your prices by a lot. So mm. yeah, such a bad deal, but it, it, it is. It, it's already EV clients are a, a smaller part, let's be real, and mm. Tesla and those specific model co- um, uh, clients mm. are as well a small number. So that might not be, that might not really affect their, their future sales as much, but mm. still it's just about, you know, customer like satisfaction and just reputation. Mm. I must say, I mean, I know this is probably a bit extreme, but if I, if I was another car company, I'd immediately be um, uh, sorting out an advertising campaign now saying, hey, buy our cars. We won't screw you over, you know, <laughs> and and just say, look, when we when we say the car is going to cost this much, it's going to cost this much. Yeah. And, you know, I'd make a massive thing about that um, because I just think that that is, you know, that's really bad. Behavior. Um, I'm am- I would be amazed if they don't do something in the future because that, is very very bad PR. Yeah. Other than that, other than that though, I do think that the, as you you very rightly said about the batteries, you know the the price of batteries is going up, and we saw that that, that um, you know uh, the 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 person who's who's head of Kia in UK said that he doesn't think that you can make an affordable electric vehicle for the masses now i mean he may be talking his own book because i think that the cheapest they do is like 30 odd thousand Mm. and they're not they're not planning on doing you know a cheapo model Mm. but um but i just uh but um you know it just shows how difficult it is to to make um any any kind of money so any uh, but i but on the but on the plus side i think that if 
buying electric vehicles um, slows down, at least that, that that gives everyone a chance to catch up with regard to the charging mm. network, specifically in this country. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, this is my story. What is nice one. Story? Nice one. Uh, right. Yeah. So my story is all about um, Japan and um, <clears throat> the fact that um, the, the owner of Uniqlo, which is um, fast retailing, sorry, <clears throat> I'll say that again, fast retailing. Um, you know, recently they talked about um, increasing wages by a whopping 40 percent. That's four zero, four zero percent. And that is a huge uptick in anyone's book. I mean, God, if you went out and you tried to get another job, you'd be hard done. You'd be hard pressed to get a to get an uplift like 40 percent um but anyway um so i think that um uh this is you know this is particularly interesting the possibility that other companies will increase wages i mean the japanese government has been very keen to try to Mm. um cajole uh japanese companies into increasing wages you know sort of going oh please increase wages could please be nice to your employees and they kind of you know they've said that they will but i mean it doesn't sound like they're going to go anywhere near 40 yeah. percent. i mean these you know government efforts are not new like mm-hmm. shinzo abe has been eight years trying to convince people like mm. trying to convince companies um that they cannot continue offering some of the lowest average increases in the OECD. Yeah. um and it seems that you know the signs are encouraging uh mm. Kern, um is increasing the monthly pay by 3.8 percent nothing mm-hmm. close to the 40 percent but still mm-hmm. good um suntory holdings which is the mm. group that has uh, jim beam and yamazaki yeah they're raising wages by six percent mm-hmm. drops maker roto um they're gonna you know um get rid of that seniority based pay structure um which mm-hmm. you can tell us about and mm-hmm. they're gonna talk about seven percent hike so hopefully all this is you know gonna follow suit after the um, the you know fast retailing and even more companies but you know japanese culture in terms of um uh everything related to wages and labor is very interesting and you can tell us more about this <laughs> yes indeed by the way i've got to say your pronunciation of japanese companies has been very good oh, right? that's not me i'm not being condescending i'm just saying it is right so Release. anyway yes. yeah so there you go for any doubters that there might be out there um so anyway i do think that um yeah so uh, traditionally you know in japan you are paid a lot on seniority age seniority um as a as opposed to merits it's not always the case and yes there is some like it's not like all companies just pay on seniority and just you know or just merit or something but i think what tends i mean what tends to happen um is that if you are someone who thinks right i'm really great and i really want to get paid for you know for my brilliance and i don't want to go through the system of you know just seniority most people who feel like that either tend to go and work abroad or they go and work for a non-japanese company Mm. um so um but anyway um but i think that this is the the thing is with with you know with with this increase is there is the hope and the reason for the um uh you know kind of the push uh, to try to increase wages 
is to try to get Japanese to spend. Because, mm. um, you know, historically, Japanese has been, uh, Japan has been a very deflationary environment. And I, I'm sure it's been the subject of a number of studies around the world and, you know, courses in business and, and economics and things of how inflation just just disappears. Mm. You know, it, it all burst with, the, you know, the bubble bursts. Um, and then just things have either gone down or sideways. So in quite a lot of instances, um, property, which you assume here, like if you were to buy property here, you assume that it's going to go up in value over time. That's not necessarily the case in Japan, which a lot of people find it difficult to get their head around. Yeah. Um, I mean, even even putting your money in the bank, yeah. interest rates are negative. So you're yeah. losing money if I you're know. saving, which is insane to me. Like even now, obviously, interest rates are really high up, but... Uh, if, it, if it's usually one 1.5%, it is still like you are encouraged to save in some way. But the fact yeah. that, like, you know, you put your money and you're losing it over time yeah. Yeah. Um, really shows that deflation yeah. is a huge problem. And I, I mean, I don't know whether this will act, would actually happen, but I would not be surprised if it did. But if people do get this these rise in wages if they're going to lose money by putting it in the bank, I really would think that they that they will get it in cash and they will shove it in a drawer somewhere. Mm. And I know that sounds extreme, but, you know, Japan is still a cash society, you know, a predominantly cash society. Um, and so I can see that. I can see that happening. Mm. And if that's the case, you know, the, the danger is, to me, you know, the danger is, is that, Yes, they were okay. If they get these wage increases, that's great. But the danger is that they don't spend it, yeah. Because Japan is a nation of savers; mm. they really save their money. And so, you know, what you need to do—it's not enough just to increase how much they get paid. Yeah. You have to—you have to encourage spending, which is, in a way, one of the reasons, maybe, you know, why the interest rate is negative, right? It's, you know, it could be one because it was like, well, if it's minus, well, I might as well spend it. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I might as well invest. Um, but, but, you know, but like I say, it's very difficult because Japan has been a deflationary environment for so long yeah. that people just are used to maybe saving money when they've got it. Yeah. So, you know, there is a, I do think there is a danger there. Although, I mean, it's good news that people are thinking about, you know, like raising wages and stuff. But I do think um, there is a danger that it won't work in the way that most mm-hmm. people expect. Mm-hmm. And also, I just wanted to add something about the wage increases. So mm-hmm. if I was listening to this, I would just be thinking that, OK, well, if they haven't been increasing wages for so long, why mm-hmm. are people not like marching in the street, asking for more money, comparing it to other like G7 countries? So it seems that it's because of the Japanese labor laws. Mm. So those labor laws make it really difficult for companies to lay off employees. Mm-hmm. So um, you basically have a job for life. You basically are giving stability. Mm-hmm. So you're not really expected or even, you know, I don't think you would want to be aggressive and ask for like tough salary demands and strike mm. because at the end of the day, even if you're like a really, you know, low performance worker, you'll still have a job. Mm. So I think this is like a reason why there was not a drive much to like, you know, have uh, increased wages and you mm. have a collaborative relationship with not only companies, but governments. So mm. yeah, I, I, had to say this maybe yeah absolutely I, thing. 
But I tell you what, I, honest, I, I, I'll, I'll finish. I have to finish at this point. But um, Japanese strikes are usually pretty hilarious, right? For, from a Westerners' point of view, because it'll be like a, they'll do a ghost. Like if there was, I bet you, if there was a post off. This is to give you an idea, right? If there was a postal strike in Japan, what they would do is they would do a go slow at like six a.m. for two hours, right? And then they'd be back on it. You know, they, they would do things like striking when it's least inconvenient Aww. for everyone else. So, and you're thinking, because I remember being in Japan, working in Japan, thinking, why would you even bother striking if, if you're going to do that? Because that's, that goes completely against, let's say, the, the, the train unions over here, you know, striking over like bank holiday weekends, or Christmas, things like that. Yeah. yeah, Christmas. In Japan, it would be like, oh no, you know, we can't strike then because, that would be too inconvenient oh, for everyone. Sweet. <laughs> it's really amazing, honestly. Um, but anyway, there is. I honestly, I may, I'll have to do a, something on Japanese, you know, the Japanese um, business and stuff at some yeah, point. I mean, honestly, there's stuff I didn't know about. So yeah, there's there's some hilarious stuff, and also some pretty tragic stuff as well. Yeah, so, it's like but, business etiquette for anyone. though. oh yeah, girls, yeah, I could do that. Yeah. Anyway, better better uh, better sign off for now. But uh, look, thank you very much indeed, um, Yasmin, for um, you know for for uh, for doing the podcast again. Uh, lovely to see you again this week. Um, thank you. And and um, thank you very much for listeners for listening. Um, podcast will be back again tomorrow so uh many thanks indeed thank you bye